You're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 49. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Well, hey there, amazing community. It's another episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast with me, your host, Angela from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I help women in business develop the foundational framework and strategy they need to grow sustainable and profitable businesses. So today we're talking how the money is not in your email list. Don't fall off your chair or stop breathing because of the fact that the last thing you should focus on is growing your email list because contrary to what all the gurus say, the money is not in your email list. I'm bringing my friend Leslie on the show today all the way from the good old US of A for her to share why the money isn't in your email list and what you should be focusing on instead in order to bring in the moolah. She's a wizard at helping online business owners to generate more revenue through building relationships using simple but powerful marketing strategies. So sit back, grab yourself a beverage. I personally, it's Friday when I'm recording this today. A mojito would be nice because things are about to get heated. But before we jump into this episode, I just want to let you know that this episode is specifically sponsored by my four-day, three-night exclusive Women in Business Retreat, where we focus on women having the chance to connect, refocus, learn, and grow in order to grow both in business and in life. This amazing event is being held from October 24th through the October 27th down at the Gold Coast here in Queensland, Australia, and it's an exclusive event with only 50 tickets being sold. From having eight of Australia's top female entrepreneurs speaking to surrounding yourself with amazing women that will lift you up both at the conference and after the event, to daily masterminds to get individualized help on your businesses from both your peers and the speakers, to amazing food, being able to sleep in and eat meals uninterrupted by your children, you're not going to want to miss this awesome event. To learn more about this event and to purchase your ticket, head to www.angelahenderson.com.au and simply click on retreat. And yes, there are payment plan options in order to help with your cash flow. All right, let's jump into today's juicy episode. Welcome to the show, Leslie. Hey, how are you doing, Angela? Thanks for having me. Gosh, thank you so much for coming on board. It's super exciting to have you here. Now, how are things over in the United States of America today? It is absolutely awesome. Because you guys are heading into spring slash almost summer, are you not? Yeah, it's actually getting quite warm here, which is nice because we've had quite a rainy and cold winter here in Memphis, Tennessee. So yeah, we're getting some warm weather finally. You're like, cha-ching. Oh, yes, dude. I I remember the cold Canadian winters and I can just say, I mean, I know you guys don't get as cold in Tennessee, but yes, spring in America is always fun. Summer is always fun because you guys have like so many cool things that you can do over there. You know, it's like if people really embrace because your summer goes for like, it's kind of a little bit of end of June, July and August. So you guys get hit all at once where over here in Australia, our summer break isn't as long. Yeah, exactly. So the kids are about to be out of school. We've got a lot of summer camps lined up, especially for my little one, because if not, they're just going to be, he'll be super bored at home since, you know, working mom. <laughs> I know, working mom, <laughs> womp, womp. <laughs> and listen, what I love is that you and I, we've only known each other for a very, very short time. In fact, I think it's about seven months or so since joining a group uh, mutual mastermind with Caitlin over in the US. And 
since then, we've not only become friends, we've also met in person at Redondo Beach. And then we were also roomies when we were there together, which is always fun. Uh, and I find it fascinating how the world of the internet can bring people and form relationships like you and I have, which is always great. I know. I feel like we reached out to each other, decided to become roomies super fast and became like quick BFFs. Like, yes. I feel like we've been best friends for years now and it just happened so super fast. And that's the thing, because I'll be honest with you, I don't have a lot of local friends. Like everybody that's my friend is online. Yes. And the fact that we get, that you and I chat at least once a week, if not more, it's more totally. So- So I love it. And I love that we've been able to actually meet in person. You're probably the quickest online friend that I've met in person, to be honest. We we met each other, sealed the deal, and hung out super fast. So it's been so fun. (laughs) My husband was like, who's the random you're like sharing a room with? I was like, well, Leslie, you know, at the very beginning, because he's like, how long have you known her? I was like, oh, actually, I don't know her. I just posted in the thing for the summit if they were looking for a roomie. And she said, yes. He's like, is that kind of weird? I was like, yeah, it is what it is. You know what I mean? I was like, it's, I was like, if all else fails, it's only for a few days. But it isn't. It's turned into a great friendship. And like you said, we're, we reach out on Insta stories together, our personal Facebook. So no, so it's, again, for those out there, I strongly encourage you to build those relationships. I talk about it all the time. And I know you guys probably get sick about it, but you know, building the relationships in business is what will move your business faster than anything else. So this is just an example of that. So listen, now before we jump into the episode, I like to ask my guests the fun questions so that the audience gets to know a little bit more about you. So my question to you is, tell us a little bit about your favorite, um, favorite spot to travel into at the United States. Like where do you go? Where's a fun little place? Oh my gosh. My favorite place is the Virgin Islands. So Oh yeah. Like I am a, uh, beach bum, but <laughs> I've all, <laughs> I'd always traveled to like the East coast and Florida and, and all that. But, um, a couple of years ago we went out we went to the U S Virgin islands. And ever since then, it's like, okay, yeah. no more like actual U S coastal beaches. Like I, ha- I love the care. <laughs> you're like, you're now I'm uh, kind of a Virgin, you know, coast snob, but now tell like, again, that's where you choose to go to. Um, but yes. tell me this though, are the, is that the place where the flamingos are? Uh, I didn't see any flamingos. Or is that Bermuda? I always get the two confused. Yeah, I haven't been to Bermuda, but that might be. And then there's somewhere down there with like the swimming pigs, which I haven't been to. I haven't seen that either. But yeah, um, no, no flamingos. They have a lot of iguanas. Okay. And yeah, everywhere. Iguanas everywhere. Like tons and tons of iguanas. And um yeah, so we just loved it there. The water was so clear and the beaches are really short. So in North Carolina, which is where I'm from, the beaches like you literally have to truck all your stuff like four miles before you get to the water. <laughs> yes. And then but in the Caribbean, it's like two feet and you hit the water. And there's not like this huge low and high tide and all that. So that's why I was like, this is so convenient. I love this place. <laughs> You're like this water is super clear. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, you're like, I can stay at the beach. Because again, it is, I know when I lived in North Carolina too, it was like a journey. It was almost yes. like a mission, you know, it was like, this is going to be fun, but it's taking me eight hours before I'm actually at the beach. So what you're saying yeah. here, it's like you're, that you're there, you walk out of your hotel room and you're pretty much on the beach. Exactly. It's a lot less of an effort to get to the water and to like pack up your stuff and leave. It's not like a <laughs> all like- day event so, to get to the water. <laughs> so when you're not being a beach bum, do you know what I mean, in love and life, tell us a little bit about you and what are you currently doing in your business at the moment? 
Yeah, so I started my online business about eight years ago as a blogger, a lifestyle blogger. I was a stay-at-home mom. I stumbled upon Pinterest and found these cool things called blogs. And I had a, a house that we um, had were renovating, and I thought, hey, what is this? People are sharing how they're you know fixing things up, and so I started doing the same thing. Had some really cool successes with viral posts. Um, back in the day when Pinterest, you could pin something and get tons of traffic immediately. Oh, no, the good old days. The good old days. And um, quickly launched a product based off of one of my viral posts. I was like, oh, yeah, this is amazing. People love this thing. I was getting hundreds of thousands of page views a month off of this one post. And so I launched a physical product. And sadly, um, I was resting on the fact of having the viral traffic and having a big Facebook page thinking that I could launch and that I was going to be like an overnight millionaire. (laughs) What I didn't realize is, you know, Facebook kind of truncates or owns the algorithm and and allows people to see what they want them to see. I didn't really consider that. (laughs) And the second thing I didn't consider was all the traffic that had come to my site that was really interested in what I was writing about had come and gone. Like I had no way of reaching out to those past people that had come to my site because as you can imagine, I wasn't doing the thing that a lot of people had advised. I wasn't capturing their email addresses. Yep. Yes. So when I launched my product, um, sadly, I had one sell on launch day. (laughs) It was devastating. Now, I'm not going to harp on it too long. It ended up being a, you know, it was a great product. I had a feature on the Today Show. I sold thousands of this product. So it wasn't that the product was bad, but I really had no idea about the value of email marketing. So long story short, after that really like horrible launch day, I started digging into figuring out like how people were successfully launching and continuously launching again and again and again. And that's when I found that everybody that was doing this so well was using email marketing as their biggest, you know, business collateral. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's where things kind of took a turn for me. So they took a turn and now you really have honed into your zone of genius around email marketing and you're now, a, a, you know, a known email strategist. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what that looks like. What does a day look like for you? Yeah, so I work individually with clients. I've worked in the past um, as a small uh, email marketing strategist for another small business. And I share a lot in my Facebook group and on my Facebook page about, you know, profitable email marketing strategies. So, and I also, again, have a program where I teach email marketing strategy to my students. So basically my whole day revolves around And so, um, so for me, what I teach is that, that really that the money is not so much in your list. And that's what so many people get kind of confused about. They hear that the money is in the list, which therefore to them means that they have to have these huge email lists, Mm -hmm. right? And what we have found, and when I say we, I'm talking about my clients and my students and all the testing that we've done, is that 
Having this huge email list does not necessarily translate into money. It's what we're doing with our email list, what we're actively doing long-term that creates these conversions, right? And that's building relationships. And I'm talking about real relationships. So not just surface level, salesy, spammy emails. It's from the very first time we're connecting with our new subscriber to when we're asking them to take any type of action, be it click on a list or click on a link to go to a blog post or take a survey or, you know, book a call or, you know, sign up for a program. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and, and through that, I mean, there's so much juice that comes from that. And as you said earlier, Leslie, what I think is so important, I mean, you've heard it a million times. I've heard it a million times. Majority of the listeners have probably heard it. That, like you said, the money's in your list. But as you, what you're saying is, and I read in one of your recent emails, is that if the money was in the list, if that was true, you said something along the lines like everyone that had a huge list would be making a ton of money. And then you went on to say something about, yet you personally have had lots of clients that have come to you with large lists They've huh? launched their products or their services and they've made ex- like minimal, very little, to, if not nothing, despite their big lists. Um, but yet, contrary to that, you also said, yet so many of your students with very small lists who have made tons and tons of money, like a shitload of money. And I think in fact, somewhere I read that your first successful 10K launch was to a list of only 300 people. Correct. That was, that's true. So after my my... Uh, my product launch flop, I went, or I, I decided, so I shifted modes and I did a um, course launch to a list of 300 and I had my first 10K launch. And so, and this, and I'm, ha- you know, I have students with a list of like 40 something people on it that sell their products out for, for the season, physical yeah. products, like yeah. all sorts of different products. Like we, we are doing all sorts of different launches. And, and the reason why is because they're building relationships. Like they're, they're using their list and looking at it as real people on there, not numbers on a database where a lot of um, what's happening with my clients that come to me with big list is that they have attracted these gigantic lists full of freebie seekers or barnacles is what one of my students like to call, likes to call it. <laughs> yep. And so um, they've done two things. So they've attracted freebie seekers or barnacles. And, uh, and a lot of those people are not the right type of people on their list. And the second thing that they've done is they have not nurtured the relationship and, uh, and cultivated a relationship enough in order for them to convert into doing any type of action. Yeah. And that, and again, that even, that doesn't even mean making a sell. That means getting them to do anything they want them to do. Yeah. So, so and, 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 and it's with anything, again, I'm a firm believer and I'm, and I'll probably say this multiple times is that conversations equal conversion. So whether yeah. or not that's someone you meet online or, or on a Facebook group, or whether or not that's someone that's adding to your list is it's through conversations is that you'll ultimately see conversions. But one of my other things that I wanted to ask is like, again, so we can both be in agreement that the most important collateral for your business is still the email list. Like having an email list is still an important asset regardless of that, but the money isn't in the list. But so what should they be focusing on instead? You've briefly started to touch upon it. Um, do you know what I mean about the relationships and that? Um, 
and I know there's a few questions that I'm asking in there, but why also do you think that businesses focus so much on that list building versus, do you know what I mean, the relationships? Like, is it because of what they keep hearing? Don't, I won't mention names of different people who consider <laughs> themselves gurus online. Is it they don't know what they don't know? Is it mindset? Like, what do you think it is that they keep focusing on the number versus on the quality of the relationships? Yeah. So I think it's kind of all of what you just said, but more than anything, there's like this, this thing out there that so many of the gurus say, I see it all the time where they're like, okay, you need, in order for you to have a successful launch or in order for you to sell or get conversions, you need to grow your list to 10,000 people because your list will convert at 1%. Like there's like this guarantee out there that it's going to convert at 1%, even though I've seen lists that size convert lower, but (laughs) But there's this guarantee that it'll convert at 1%. And I did air quotes, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, but the reason they're saying that is because if a 10,000 person list converts at 1%, then that means 100 sales out of that, right? So it's like, oh my God, well, you're going to have to grow this massive list if you want any sales, right? Right. So, and then, I mean, how overwhelming is that? How much money does it cost you to grow a list? list? Or if you're not using paid advertising, how long is it going to take you to get those organic leads onto your list? So, so for me, I am way more about organic or paid advertising, whatever whatever you want to do to, to grow a smaller list, but make sure it's the right people and make sure that you have the foundation set first in order to nurture that relationship cultivate that relationship and have higher conversions instead of trying to bring everybody in and try to get that coveted, which I don't know why it's coveted, 1% conversion rate. Yeah, yep, totally. And I also think it comes down to is the regardless of how you want to get people on there, it's you have to have a lead magnet or an opt-in, something that you're giving them away for free that is solving a problem more specifically for your ideal client. Um, and you need to make sure that that... Um, whatever it is you're paying for in advertising or trying to get people on your list is a message match is what we call it. Um, meaning that that often is directly relating to whatever it is you're going to eventually try and sell. And an example that I can use is at the moment, I have some great ads running that we're getting around 30 to 50, you know what I mean? Uh, new subscribers a day, um, which is great. And our email list is growing. However, one of the things that we're working on is, is it a direct message match? And what I mean is my great one is about an Instagram optim that I'm doing but my core um, product isn't an Instagram course like Tyler McCall's would be, for example. So even though we're getting these great leads and yes, some of them are converting, we would have a much better conversion rate um, with my new opt-in that we're still in the middle of devising, which is around a small, the ultimate small business blueprint, right? Which leads right. into my eight-week coaching program and leads into my coaching. So it's going to be interesting to, t- to split test these two opt-ins. We've tested a variety of other opt-ins before that didn't work. So it is about, you know, you've got to make sure that however you're getting them, whatever you are giving them away for free to get them onto your list is directly linked to whatever your offer is going to be. Would you, how do you, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, that's exactly true. And that's, that's what we've seen in a lot of cases with, um, for instance, the freebie library. So I've talked about this um, before and I'll be talking about it, it more um, here in the next few weeks, but I work, uh, I have, I have some um, bloggers that I work with and, and even online entrepreneurs that teach business, the the freebie library is like a really big thing for a while. And so um, people would offer a lot of freebies organized into the library on their site and subscribers 
that would come on, sign up for it and um, get a password. They come on and then they download everything. Well, the problem is these freebie libraries are attracting like people that are just wanting to come in, download everything and either unsubscribe or be completely unengaged from that email list. Yes. And so they're, the, they're those freebie seekers who think, well, now I've gotten everything. I need nothing more from you. And so we're finding that they, they are excellent at growing huge email lists but of the wrong type of people, but not the ones that are actually going to ev- to really buy your paid services and even more so now. And so my great friend, Jennifer Priest, she said to me the other day, she said, one thing that I tell my clients all the time is once you start organizing your content like that is when you need to start charging. So mm-hmm. that is a membership site. If you're yes. organizing your content like that, that is, an or- that is a membership site. And I was like, that is genius. That is so smart. So she's like, if you have... Um, different freebies like that. You need to break them out and have people download them individually, which also helps indicate which ones are performing better, better and yes. which ones you could put paid promotion or paid advertising behind. So I was like, that's super smart. And, and I agree with that. And we're seeing that these freebie libraries do not convert well for, you know, um, they're not high, highly engaged subscribers anyways. Yeah. So The other thing I want to go back to what you were saying as far as offering like an Instagram thing, Instagram freebie, but yet you don't offer an Instagram course. It really does need to be highly related to what your end offer is. So if you're, if you're like offering, if you're a, let, let me try to give an example. If you're like a photographer who's trying to book clients, I wouldn't offer stock photos. <laughs> Hello. Like, and I see a lot of people doing that. So instead, if you're trying to book clients, offer like a what to wear, like a style guide, like how do you, what, how to dress for your family photos? Because I am awful at dressing and awful at dressing like my whole family. Like I'm not stylish at all. So I would love a free guide of what to wear to look cute for my family photos. And then within that, lead me down a path to like book with you. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah, because that's funny. Like, don't offer free photos. That doesn't make sense if you're trying to book people. So it needs to be closely related. Now, if you are, if you have a free, if you have a paid stock photo membership, then yeah, you can offer one free, one or two little free stock photos. That's fine. Yeah. But it has to be closely related to what your end goal is. So sorry to go on a little too. No, 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 gosh, no, that's good. I mean, the (laughs) listeners will love to hear that. And I think, again... So, okay, so let's get this. So they've got a really great opt-in that matches to their end offer. They have got them on board. But then again, a lot of times people just fall short. They don't have, they're not nurturing, they're not building the relationship, they're not doing anything. And what I heard you say on one of your Facebook lives is you've got this garden analogy. And so can you share that with the listeners about what the garden analogy is? So it might give them a a better um, visual understanding about what we're trying or what we're wanting to do with those people who actually come on to our, you know, our funnel, our sequence, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. So what a lot of people do is they create that freebie and they get so super excited because everybody says, grow that list. So the freebie is like seeds and they go out into their front yard and they just throw that freebie out there. They throw those seeds out there and they're like, okay, let's grow this thing. And then they expect to go out into their yard and and just all of a sudden, six months from now, there's going to be all these fruits and vegetables out there. They're ready to pluck from. 
Well, that's not how it works. Just like with gardening, you don't like, that's not how email marketing works. You can't go out there and just start pulling from a yard that's not been cultivated and taken care of and the foundation has not been laid. With email marketing, we can't just create our freebie, grow our list and expect to do nothing with it. And then all of a sudden ask people to buy things from us and it actually be fruitful. That's not how it works. So you can create the freebie. That's an awesome first step, but growing it is not the first step. You've got to lay the next foundation, just like with the garden. So before we plant the seeds, before we start advertising and putting that freebie out there, what we want to do is we want to set up an automation. We want to set up that nurture sequence. And then the next thing we want to do after the nurture sequence is we want to commit to engaging with our list at least once a week with a newsletter. Okay. Because you can, you can build, you can build a huge list or even a small list, whatever you want to, whatever size list you want. And if you just let them sit there and you don't engage with them and you don't nurture them, just like with a garden, throw the seeds out there and you just let them sit nothing is going to happen. They're actually, all of those people on that list will die. Just like the seeds you threw in your yard, they'll, they'll be dead. There's nothing that will come from it. So it's just waste. It's just They're waste. dead, but also like depending on what service or CRM you're paying for. So I use ConvertKit or I used to use ConvertKit, I should say. Well, pretense that up until like a couple of weeks ago when I moved to ActiveCampaign, as you know. Um, but I still love ConvertKit and I yes. moved active. So I only moved from ConvertKit to ActiveCampaign because of this funnel, complex funnel that we need to be able to do. But if you're just starting out, I highly genuinely suggest ConvertKit. Um, no worries. I have I have a list on ConvertKit and Active Campaign. So I'm here to say I promote both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just yeah. But depending on where you're at will also depend on how much that you're paying, you know. So yes. for example, I'm paying more on a ConvertKit to hold each individual subscriber than mm-hmm. I used to on ConvertKit. Is that no active campaign is more ConvertKit? Is that less? And so again, you just don't want these people. So you've been paying, you paid the lead magnet through Facebook ads, which is a cost to you. You're now paying them to sit on your email list because Active Campaign is charging you based on the thousands of people that you have. Um, and so you're actually going in the hole the more that you don't choose to nurture them, build the foundations and grow them along the way because, do you know what I mean? Like you're actually just continuing to waste more money, more money, more money. Yeah. And then, and then the, the, the disappointing part of it all is that we've been told grow your list, grow your list, grow your list. And so, but, but not necessarily the rest of the story. And so then we've worked so hard to grow, 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 grow. And then when, when we go in for the ask, then no one return, no, nothing comes back. So there's like, okay, we've put in this investment, but now I've sent out a few emails asking them to sign up for a program, or maybe you've sent inconsistent emails that weren't sales emails. And now you're asking for, you know, sign up for this, join my program or whatnot. And that's just not how it works. It just ultimately does not. You have to build the relationship. You have to be consistent. There is a flow to this. There's also a lot of strategy behind it. It's about giving value. It's about really understanding that your list is more than just people in a database. It is about building relationships and knowing that your list has a lot of power behind it. So beyond the fact of just writing to them, I use my list and I teach my students and clients 
to use their list like they would social media. So on social media, everybody is always so about engagement, engagement. We got to get engagement. We got to get people to reply. We got to get people to respond. But yet nobody thinks of email that way or not a lot of people do. No, they may, they may do it in the, one of their first nurture sequence emails. They may say, Hey, reply and tell me what your biggest struggles are. I have a whole different system. I teach up, uh, up in the front of that, but we can't even cover that today. (laughs) In my newsletters, I always tell my students end with a question that's related to whatever content you have in there. Ask people their opinions. People love to give their opinions. People love to give advice. They want to give them your expert hat for a minute and let them wear the expert hat. Let them tell you something that, that that's about that they feel is of value to share with you. It is am- it is just absolutely amazing what type of information they will share with you behind these closed doors of an email that you will not get on Facebook or Instagram. I have received so much information you wouldn't even believe. <laughs> and again, it's like, because you're treating them like humans instead of numbers. Do you know what I mean? That's where the conversations can happen. And if conversations can happen, you can get conversions. And I guess that goes into my next point that as a business owner, yes, we're wanting to get someone on our list. But the reality is, is we want to take them from a subscriber to a customer. We're wanting to take the new subscriber who is super cold, which means they know nothing about us, warming them and then getting them as a hot lead, someone who has bought from us. However, as we've talked about, Liz, is in order to get the conversion, we must first get them to take action, which you called in one of your live videos, micro commitments. Can you talk us through what those micro commitments look like? Yeah. So micro commitments are things like clicking links, hitting the reply button. Um, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of anything else. Um, so, oh. That's really it. (laughs) Opening the email. (laughs) Um, There's not too many micro commitments that people make in email, but really those, those few things. So opening, clicking, hitting reply. Those are the things that we or, want. Them to- again, I guess the micro commitment could be also like, Hey, join my Facebook group. So they've clicked the yeah, link yeah, yeah. and then they've committed to the Facebook group. Or, um, like you said, they've clicked the reply button and they've committed. So it's, we just want to get them from just sitting on our list and doing nothing to committing in some way of engaging with us further post the email. Yep, exactly. Yep. And some email systems let let them share their emails with their friends, forward it to a friend, those kind of things. So if you're able to do that, that's also a great a great way to you know get people taking action. You know, if you found this valuable, share this forward this email to a friend, those kind of things. So, and yeah. for those listeners that obviously are shitting themselves because you know you just dropped the reality bomb today on them that the you know what I mean the money is not in the email list. Can you walk us through, or can you walk the listeners through? I guess I should say the steps that they should take when it comes to email marketing, so that if they need to start today or even start researching today, like obviously you've kind of touched upon a little bit about like obviously you need the lead magnet, and then from the lead magnet they're going to go into. Are you suggesting like a nurture sequence? Uh-huh. Yeah. The, so the nurture sequence, the main part, the main purpose is to for them to really understand who you are, what you or what your brand is about, um, how you can serve them, and just to really get to know you better, and also to just kind of um, welcome them, like lay out the red carpet, give them some more things of value. Like I like to leave cliffhangers each day, so. Um, 
making sure that they know that they should open the email the next day because I've got something else like really awesome. And I usually give them more, not tons of free stuff, but like another free thing that's very helpful the next day just to get them like really engaged. And you know what? My highest open rates are those first three days. I, I think my nurture sequence now at this point is three days. Some It depends on your business and your customer or your audience, how long your nurture sequence can be. You can test But for me, it's three days. And um, yeah, that you really want to get them um, really connected with you right up front. Otherwise, they get that freebie. And if there's nothing after that, and you start sending emails, they're like, who the heck is this person? Like, who is it? Remember them. (laughs) The lead magnet into the nurture sequence. And then you're talking about being consistent. And then after that nurture sequence, you're saying every week, do you mean on a particular day where the open rate is good based on your audience and, you know, like what they need from you is you would be suggesting a weekly email. Weekly at the least. And I'll tell you what, there's some people that are, you got to, this is all depending on your audience, what you can handle, but weekly at the least, there's some people that are sending two, four, five, whatever. I mean, it's all up to you, but once a week is the least amount to stay consistent, to stay front of mind and to stay in people's inboxes because people are getting, they get a lot of emails. So you get, and I have people that are like, Oh, you know, well, nobody's opened my email. They open them over the course of two to three days sometimes. So even if your open rate might be like 10% on the day you send it, come back and check like two or three days later. Cause it's funny. Like people will literally open your email like days later. <laughs> it's so weird. We will send ours. We will send ours um, on Thursday, which is our highest open day. And then we resend it with another title on the Monday, you know, so it could be that because titles are super important. But again, that's a whole nother, do you know what I mean? Uh, episode just talking about titles, you know, subject. But I guess for those of you that are listening out there, like, again, any one of you can go and, you know, get your lead magnet up and have a nurture sequence. But just as I say with, I say with all of my, you know, VIP clients and my coaching clients, I think Leslie, you would too, is that you still need a strategy behind this. If you Mm -hmm. just go and tick a box and get the nurture sequence up, and if you get the weekly email up, there's not a strategy behind it. You're still just ticking a box and you're still just wasting money. And I guess that's for those listeners out there, Leslie, who want to nail their email marketing. Um, obviously, what, how can they connect with you so that they have an opportunity to really, again, look at that overall email strategy um, to move their business forward? Yeah. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to tell them. So if you go to my uh, website, leslieclavijo.com, I have a freebie, of course, on my website that's, you know, the ultimate guide to email marketing. And that'll get you into kind of my sequence. It'll start kind of teaching you just the basics. And I also have my program, The Infinite Marketing Advantage. So it'll invite you to a masterclass and you'll be able to watch my masterclass as well. Um, but yeah, that's exactly how you can learn more about me, more about my program. And like Angela said, you know, we kind of just like talked about the tip of the iceberg and what we're, what we're learning and testing and teaching is, is kind of like a constant, <laughs> it's an ongoing thing. You know, it's something that is always evolving and it's not something you can just kind of check off. We're always trying to make sure that we're at the top of our game and that we're understanding what our, um, what our audience needs. And I want to leave um, your listeners with this, Angela, because I know that you're very much about this. We just want to remember that 
any type of marketing that we're doing is human to human. And that's what I'm all about. And that's Amen. what I teach my students is that when you're writing, focus on serving, focus on um, really building relationships and the sales will come naturally. I'm tr- I truly, truly believe this. I see it all the time. Stop focusing on the numbers on your list and the growth and focus on serving your people. <laughs> Dude. Amen. So, so you don't, yeah. People who've been around me know I'm all about HH marketing is first, everything is second. And again, conversation is conversion, you know, like it genuinely is. And if you're worried about the sales and that naturally your business is in a much bigger problem than just, you know, mean anything else because, uh, yeah, like, you know, I, we've talked about this form, all my VIP coaching clients, I've paid zero advertising to those people. They've come through my Facebook group or through my podcast ad value. Yeah have your strategy, treat them like humans and everything else will rock and roll. Well, thank you so much, Leslie, for taking the time. I know our time zones are slightly different. So thank you for that. And for the rest of you, please remember my team and I will also be putting together the whole transcription with the links to Leslie's freebie and her website at AngelaHenderson.com.au. And of course, I cover all sorts of related business and life topics inside my Facebook community, the Australian Business Collaborative. We're about to hit 5,200 people, which is crazy. Um, So please head over and join us there. And if not, have a fabulous day. And I look forward to having you guys join me next week for another amazing episode of the business and life conversations podcast have an awesome day everyone bye thanks for listening to the business and life conversations podcast with angela henderson www.angelahenderson.com.au